coordination and sound. Beautiful to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work that Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you felt stuck in a pattern of extreme thinking, seeing things in black or white, right or wrong, using words like never or always to describe the ways in which people do or maybe don't show up for you? You, like many of us, are probably splitting. I'm director of podcast Taylor Camille, and today we're back in conversation with therapist Leah Avellino to discuss our tendency to split, which we commonly do in order to hold on tightly to the relationships we have and stay connected to someone, even if it may not be serving us. Looking at the good or the bad, but maybe not taking in the full, complex, nuanced, and colorful picture that makes up the person we find ourselves in relation to. Today, Leah shares tips on how we can embrace one another for our whole messy selves and how to get out of the black and white bot trap. Here's Leah. My name is Leah and I am a trained therapist with a focus on mind and body-based interventions. And I run a group support company called Spoke in Brooklyn, where we meet in groups to work through challenges that are meaningful to us. Amazing. And today we're talking about a topic that is challenging, I think, to many of us, and that is splitting. And I'd love if you could first define what splitting is. You brought this to me and I was like, whoa, I did not know there was a term for these feelings I've been feeling. So what is splitting? So this is one of my favorite topics to discuss because it's something that many of us don't understand that we do, but also once it's brought to our attention, we notice that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So splitting is basically thinking in black and white, thinking in extremes. We separate positives and negatives rather than explaining the whole. I'll give an Mm -hmm. example. So I might be going out on a date um, with somebody. And I might tell you, Taylor, oh my gosh, this person was amazing. They were smart and friendly and kind. And they only yelled at me once. So what my brain is doing is it's taking this complicated person. And in order to tolerate the anxiety between this person being good or bad, because that's what my brain wants to categorize them as Mm -hmm. and live in the gray, I separate them into two different people as a positive part 
and a negative part because I don't want to be in the messiness and ask myself, how do I feel about this complicated human that is kind sometimes but yells other times? Right. Yeah. It's interesting that it seems like our brain almost naturally does this dance. I would be interested to know how we learn to split and and what does this look like both relationally and both personally? Yes. So you're right. Our brain does do this because remember our brain's sole purpose is to survive. Our brain mm-hmm. doesn't like gray because gray is all unknown, right? So I want to go into work on my first day at work and be like, my boss is amazing and a supporter or, ooh, my boss is an enemy because I want to be able to position myself to be able to survive in this system. So a brain is doing its job. Those of us that notice we split a lot, you can identify how much you split by how much extreme language you use. So always and never, for example, Mm -hmm. my sister never shows up for me. Does she never show up for you or is it not frequent, right? Like there's a lot between always and never that those of us who split tend to avoid. Um, And if we're doing this often, it's likely because we needed to as young people. So in order to depend on our caregivers, we needed to really live in the positive of them, right? Really identify the things that were good about them and cut off the things that were negative because it was too complicated for us developmentally to hold them as these messy, complicated people. So those of us who've experienced abuse or neglect, that is so detrimental to our psyche that we have to compartmentalize that and hide that from both Mm -hmm. ourselves, but from other people to avoid any shame Mm -hmm. in order to continue to relationally depend on our parents. So Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about splitting is not only do we do it with others, but we do it with ourselves. So I, um, in order to avoid anxiety about not being accepted, might split off my negative qualities, meaning I might hide that I am a people pleaser in recovery or that I have an eating disorder because I don't want you to judge me. And then I'll serve up my positive qualities to you on a platter. Mm -hmm. And so my narrative about myself gets to be like, hey, look, I'm good. So I Mm -hmm. don't have to feel any feelings about the parts of me that think I'm maybe not so good or bad. Mm -hmm. And then when I meet other people, I take that same way of thinking and I apply that to them. So instead Mm -hmm. of coming up with a narrative of, wow, they've got these cool qualities, but they've got these qualities that I really don't like or don't sit well with me. I write a good story and I write a bad story because that way I don't have to live in the multiplicity of mind of the multiplicity of emotion. Yeah. You know, we can uh, take for granted that we are so nuanced and this never black and white or good or bad. It's always this nuance. Exactly. But in order to be in that nuance, we have to tolerate a considerable amount of discomfort. Mm. Whereas when we split these two narratives as good or bad, that is our effort to not feel the discomfort. Mm -hmm. So what we really are trying to do in that is avoid the question, how do I feel about being my whole messy, messed up self? (laughs) And how do I feel about being with your whole messy, complex self. Yeah, which I feel like the dating analogy is perfect because 
I feel like there's stages of the reveal, right? Like you do come with your best foot forward and then it's a kind of a dance of when do I reveal more of these other parts of myself? Um, it's interesting. Right, exactly. And what we're doing there is we're hoping that someone buys into our positive narrative. So mm -hmm. to protect ourselves from having to feel anything about them finding out about our negative narrative. Um, mm -hmm. But it's interesting that you bring up that example because there's something called the school of life. Mm -hmm. And one thing that this group of therapists recommends we do or asks us to ponder is what would it be like to ask your first date, tell me the ways that you're insane. <laughs> right. So <laughs> we just cut the fat and we hold, yeah. wow, they're beautiful. They're interesting, but also they're possessive. <laughs> they're controlling. They're all of this right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think even though there's something about that, that seems kind of scary. There is also a point of welcoming in the negative from mm -hmm. the beginning rather than looking at a part and not the whole. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of to that same notion, how can we step into the reality of people's nuances and <laughs> negatives with the positives and determine whether someone is right for us or not, whether they be romantic or platonic or what have you? So a great first step is to either write out or speak out all of the things you notice about mm. them. And then write out or speak out how you feel about all of those things. Mm. So instead of telling two stories, write out the complicated story. So listing, I really like this. I, this something about this other part really didn't sit well with me. And then look at that whole narrative on the piece of paper and ask yourself, what comes up when I tell the full truth? Do you notice heart palpitations? <laughs> Do you notice ease? Do you notice a desire to run? Do you notice a desire to run toward, right? And really get curious of how does this person, how does my nervous system experience this person when mm -hmm. I'm telling myself the truth? Mm. Some other things that you might notice is start to become aware of the language you're using. Good versus bad. I mentioned earlier, always versus never. Anything that sounds very black and white is likely not. There's likely more to that story. So really revisiting that question is this person as kind as I'm saying they are? Or were they kind that one time and actually really unkind seven other times? Um, so looking at the language that you use in your narrative. The other thing is to get opinions of people you trust. Sometimes by not sharing with people, that gives us good information, right? We're hiding something about it. We're hiding some shame or something that maybe we hope they don't see about us or this person. So pick someone that you trust and ask them what they think, how they experience this, not to hinge your decision on their perspective, but to mm -hmm. offer in another perspective, especially if you notice that you struggle in more of the black and white. And then one of my favorite things to do is write out any data that I have to the opposite that I believe. Mm -hmm. So let's say you and I meet and I'm writing all of these really negative things about you. She was this, she was that, which obviously I would never do because I would experience <laughs> you that way. And then I might say, okay, what evidence do I have to the contrary? 
Mm-hmm. What might I notice about Taylor that's actually positive? So this could be really helpful with like a sister-in-law or a boss you don't like to notice that there's probably more to this story than I've investigated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, those are really great tips. And I, things that came up were like, okay, this is good exercise to do before the holidays when you're seeing people that you might have felt, you know, sour about in past seasons and really just sit down and be like, okay, what, what is actually happening here? Exactly. And, what is that yeah. whole story? If I look mm-hmm. at all sides of the spectrum and then how do I feel about that? Mm-hmm. If you get to the point where you're like, no, this is really all bad. I <laughs> need to write this person kind of off. They're not for me. How can we get over the shame and the guilt of just letting that person go? Especially, I mean, it's harder if they're they're related in their family and like, you know, nurturing that relationship. But yeah, how do we let go of the shame of letting people that aren't for us go? Yeah. This is so hard, right? And I think why it's so hard is mental health has this really funny trick that it plays on us. It uses these really beautiful words to describe really freaking awful things. So even (laughs) in your beautiful voice, Taylor, saying letting go, like this exhale, like letting go is me hanging on a cliff with a death grip. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And you know why letting go is so hard? Because it requires grieving, right? Mm -hmm. That if we're splitting someone into two, that allows us to maintain the connection with them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we start to tell ourselves the truth and realize that we actually don't feel okay being with that person, then we have to release that depth grip and be in the grief or the hurt that the extreme black and white thinking is helping us not feel. Right. So the first step is really honoring that black and white thinking, really realizing how it protected us from feeling really big, potentially scary emotions. The second thing is to create some space to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. So if you notice that there is grief underneath the anxiety, once you live out of the black and white and choose the gray, what does that grief feel like in your body? What does it remind you of a past loss or past ending and allowing yourself in a self-paced way to go towards that? And then the third thing is asking yourself, why do you feel shame? Shame assumes wrongdoing. Shame assumes something is bad about you. So what about being truthful brings up shame? Many of us growing up or living in a world that prioritized certain identities over others have had to hide or split off parts of ourselves to be accepted. So sometimes telling the full truth, even if that's the way to go and that's our path to freedom, being without someone in our life that isn't good for us, is likely going to bring up shame, not because what we're doing is bad or wrong, but because of messages that we've received that let us us know that if we're not quote unquote perfect or coupled up or Mm -hmm. putting our best foot forward there, there's something wrong with us. Yeah. Yeah. All good things. I mean, all good things to like think about and and examine as we're hanging off the cliff. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And like, that's a good point too. You just reminded me of like, what do you need on that cliff? Right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of myself when I stopped splitting with an ex 
in my mind and I knew I needed to end the relationship. I also knew that I needed like my people. I needed a lot more free time to cry. I needed a heavy metal playlist, (laughs) you know, like really thinking through what do you need to loosen that grip? Yep. Yep. And then the other side of this, when we, I guess, accept people and ourselves fully, what does that look like? And taking the good and the bad and sticking around. Mm. So one of my things that I'm noticing and working on in myself is really differentiating between acceptance and like. Um, I was seeing a couple, I'm a therapist, as I said, and I was seeing a couple in couples therapy. And one of the people were saying like, I really don't like this about my partner. And my response was, do you have to like everything about your partner, right? <laughs> right. That there's this idea that we have to think the sunshine out of their ass all the time. All the time. That's and not that the is case. absolutely not true, right? Yeah. There are certain things I really like about my partner and there's certain things that drive me mad. Mm-hmm. The question isn't, do you like everything? It's once you write that complicated full story, asking yourself, can you live with that? Mm. Can you yeah. accept that? Because everything is a series of trade-offs. When we pick a person or we pick a job or a city, we're choosing some things and we're letting go of others. But it's more about what are you willing to choose and sign up for and what are you not? Yeah. Oof. (laughs) That hit home. Yes. But you see why we live in the black and white? Because look at all these complicated (laughs) questions. Who wants to sit and do that? I want to go out to $25 avocado toast brunch instead. (laughs) Just completely disassociate. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) On today's show, you heard me in conversation with Leah Avellino. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille and edited and mastered by Sarah Gabrielli. Our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Maddie Domenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader